You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. That was a song from the, I think it was the early 60s, it was certainly before my time, but I do remember it growing up a little bit, and it's all about someone who was in a relationship, and one person was the puppet in this relationship, and the other person was the puppet master. So in this relationship, the, the woman was the puppet master, and the young, the other person, the guy was the puppet. So I wanted to look today at the whole area of manipulation, bullying, and when relationships go wrong, and when people try to use you, push you, and manipulate you. What do we learn from the Bible about that? Well, today I'm talking about the other Salome, and this was a young girl who was quite manipulated and used by her mother. So some people will read through the Bible and they'll, they'll just kind of skip over this, but it's so deep and there's so many interesting aspects to what happened with this young girl and how her mother used her. And the very person who should have been protecting her and nurturing her ended up really abusing her in many ways. I'm going to read from Mark 6 in a moment, but just to remind you that uh, last week we looked at the other Salome, so this is continuing on, and these two women had the same name but were very different people and had a very different experience. Last week we looked at how the first Salome could only see Jesus at a distance when he was on the cross, and we we're reminded how sometimes you and I fall into that trap where we're quite at a distance from God. We're not close to him. And you may remember, if you were here the week before that, I was talking about Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, and how he lost his voice when he doubted God. And we saw how you and I lose our spiritual voice sometimes in our walk with God, and how even in relationships sometimes we lose our voice. So we're continuing on with that theme, and I'll finish the series on Tuesday night looking at John the Baptist's doubt. But this girl that we're going to look at today was partly responsible, in many ways through no fault of her own, for the death of John the Baptist. So we're going to put up the scriptures, Cafe Church, welcome, you're watching live on the screen downstairs, if you can put up the scriptures from Mark 6 and we'll read them, as you look at them I'll read them there together. So it's all about a king called King Herod. King Herod had had John the Baptist arrested and this was because of his mistress Herodias and she was in fact married to Herod's brother and John the Baptist had said to Herod that his relationship with her was wrong. And so Herodias hated John. She wanted John dead. But the king, Herod, feared John. And he liked to listen to him, knowing him to be a godly man. 
But on Herod's birthday, Herodias got her young daughter to dance for Herod and his important guests. They were leading men from Galilee society. She pleased Herod and his guests so much that Herod offered her anything she desired as a gift for pleasing them. Immediately the girl went and asked her mother Herodias, get me the head of John the Baptist on a plate, she ordered her daughter. When the girl announced this to Herod, he was disturbed, but he could not go back on his promise because of all the guests watching on. And therefore, John the Baptist had his head cut off. He was beheaded. And then his disciples came. They took the body and they buried it. May God bless the reading of his word to our souls and feed us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the context of all of this is, it's the Roman Empire. The emperor in Rome is the head, but the Romans were very clever. And the reason their empire survived so long is that they allowed local autonomy. So they had kings and queens and rulers. They were called tetrarchs. And they ruled over various provinces. And they were really the top dogs, except for the emperor. So the Romans allowed you to have your own system and so on, but they would take the money and the taxes and all of that. And one of these local kings was Herod. And he was in what roughly what we call today the land of Israel. So it's his birthday, there's a party, and this woman Herodias gets to work. There are only four people in this narrative. There is Herod the king, there is his mistress, Herodias, her daughter Salome, and then the silent person here is John the Baptist. That's it. So let's see what all this was about. How can we understand it for us today? Well, we're told this woman Herodias wanted John the Baptist dead because of what he had said. What's that about? She was rotten. Let's call a spade a spade. This woman was evil. She was a killer. And she wanted him dead. Why? Because he told the truth. You might argue and say, what was he going, making a judgment about this couple's relationship? Just remember, the New Testament hadn't fully come in yet. This is still what we call, this is for all you theology heads, it's the intertestament period. It's the Old Testament still has a lot of sway here. And part of the dynamic of the Old Testament was God raised up prophets and they were like spiritual advisors, particularly to the royal house, to the kings and the queens of Israel. So John was really fulfilling his role under that Old Testament mantle and he was about to usher in the New Testament. So he straddles the border there. Either way, it was right for John to say this. The thing is that this woman hated him and wanted him dead. How dare he question her? She was a control freak. Par excellence. So here we have this control freak, this woman who was a killer in her nature. And 
While the Bible is silent about the planning of this party, you can be certain this woman put a lot of thought and gave a lot of time to planning this party. She was a master of manipulation. And she was going to manipulate her partner, Herod, and she was going to manipulate the guests, and she was going to bully and manipulate her daughter to get her way. I've never met anyone in life who hasn't been at some stage manipulated or used by someone else. Whether it's in a family, in a relationship, sometimes it's with a boss at work, sometimes it's a teacher at school. It may have been many years ago, or maybe it's a live issue for you now, but most people know what it is to be manipulated or used. What did this woman do? It was Herod's birthday, and Herodias got her young daughter to dance for Herod and his guests. Straight away, theologically, there's a load of bells ringing, and historically, because it was unheard of for someone of a royal blood to be reduced to dancing like this. Back then, you would get the poor girls or slave girls to do this type of dancing. But remember the other Salome, who was probably only about 13, to have her do this type of dance, she was a princess, was shocking. And it tells us the depths that this woman is willing to sink to, to get her own way. She's willing to manipulate and bully and harass and control. And all because John the Baptist said something that she really didn't like. And so she sets in place the party for Herod. I can imagine the pillow talk. You really need to do a party. You need to invite the leading men of Galilee. Why is she saying that? Because she knew if she had all the leading men of Galilee there, how could Herod refuse her? Her plan was worked out, no doubt, to the nth degree. And she was going to use her daughter. And she was going to manipulate Herod and her daughter. She really was the puppet master in all of this. And then we're told that Salome pleased Herod and his guests very much with her dancing. Let me ask you a question. Do you think she was doing Irish step dancing here? Do you think she was doing tap dancing? No, not like that. I'm very good at dancing, thank you. This is pole dancing. That's the nearest thing we have to it. This is seductive, sexual, sexualized dancing. Now remember... This girl is 13, that's what history tells us. So straight away we're into the area of pedophilia. Not only that, Herod was her uncle. Herod's brother was her father. So we're getting into the whole area of incest. And who's behind all of this? Her mother. Just because, and, I, and I, I'm so passionate, I believe in family, I believe in mothers and fathers. I believe in honor and respect. I am so all for that. And I think in Irish society today, we have lost the ability to honor people. It's like everybody knocks someone in authority. That is so wrong. But over on the other extreme, 
we have people in authority who take advantage of their authority. As a nation, in our history, we have seen institutions in this country who were treated with awe and respect. And that respect went too far. And even though there were countless very good men and women who worked and served the community, there were always a few bad apples there. And because Irish society back then was so in awe and afraid of the powers that be, some people terrorized children, innocent children, abused them and destroyed their lives. And they were manipulators and they were bullies, and they had no problem harassing the innocent. There is nothing new under the sun. Here in Ireland, it was religious institution, institutions. You can go across the water to the UK, and you can see it in the BBC. And you, the likes of Jimmy Savile and them. It wasn't religious, but they were held in such awe as superstars they got away with destroying so many children's lives. And this is a pattern we see all over the world. Whether it has a religious garment, or it's a superstar garment, or it's a sporting situation, we can see people rising up who are masters and mistresses at manipulating and controlling and bullying and harassing. So Salome would have been pushed by her mother despite her royalty, to dance in this provocative way. And I, I, I guarantee you, we don't read it in the scripture, but the mother showed her all the ways she could move in order to entice and trap Herod and entice his guests. And if they were leading men in, of Galilee, they were at least middle-aged and older men. So this is really a, a very perverted situation that we're looking at here. So Salome, this young girl, pleased them so much with her dancing. She would have been pushed into this, I don't know, she, how any young child would have wanted to be in that situation. Remember, this was very politically intense. The girl, I would imagine, was probably sick before she went on. But she was so terrified of her mother, she would do anything to keep her mother happy. Herod was so pleased, he offered her anything she desired as a gift. Just that first bit there. He was so pleased. Remember, he would have been quite intoxicated. There would have been a lot of alcohol served here. Not far away, up the road in a, in a city called Sephorus, which was right next to where Jesus grew up in Nazareth, there was the Greek theater, and this was in essence, live pornography. The theater was shocking, and that's why no spiritual person, and we never read of Jesus or any of his followers, the, the religious Jews would never have gone in to Sephorus, this big city, um, where all this was happening. But this girl so pleased Herod, he was intoxicated and he was titillated. And this combination, rising up in this ungodly man brought him to the place put yourself in that situation he offered her up to half his kingdom the scripture tells us now what is a 13 year old girl how is she supposed to rule half a kingdom this is insanity 
But when you get that mixture of intoxication and you get this titillation and then you throw power into it, the boundaries are all gone. It's, it's getting ridiculous and it's getting very dangerous. So he offers her anything in front of all the guests. And look at what the girl does. She goes and asks her mother what she should ask for. This is a big insight into the thinking of the mother, Herodias. You see, she could have got slave girls to do this dancing, but she knew only her own daughter would be so frightened of her that they would, she would come and ask her what she should do. She was calculating enough to get her daughter to sing in this way, and she was calculating enough to make sure that the daughter was the one doing the dancing and so that the daughter would come and ask her. It was all planned out, all manipulation, all uh, thought through. So the girl did not have an idea herself what to ask for. Do you think Salome was concerned that her daughter would be traumatized by dancing for these men who were like her father and grandfather, including her uncle? No, she wasn't. There is no evidence that the mother had any concern for the daughter here. If social services today in Ireland, and there's a lot wrong in our society, but at least children are protected a lot more now. If social services would have had any idea of this, Herodias would be up in Mount Joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Straight away. But she didn't care about her daughter. For Herodias, it was all about herself. She only cared about revenge and getting her own way. So the girl runs in and she asks her mother, what should I ask for? And Herodias answered her daughter, get me, 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 the head of John the Baptist, and I want it on a plate. So this is what it all comes down to. She's a woman who holds a grudge and she was waiting for this to happen. Do you think she was concerned that her daughter would be traumatized carrying a, a human being's head with the blood and the guts and the muscles sticking out of the neck? No, she wasn't concerned that her daughter would be traumatized. She's grand. She wanted to get her way. Okay, you get the point. And this is the bottom line in all of this. What we see here is a girl being totally manipulated. Now, Here's where it comes to life for me about us today. You have a woman, and it could be a man as well, of course, who is bad enough to sacrifice their own children to get their way. But you also had to have an external culture that would allow that to happen. So there could be many people in Cork this morning who would have no problem sacrificing their children for their own benefit, but society won't allow it. The problem is this society did allow it. So you had the two factors that produce the bad fruit of traumatized kids or adults who are manipulated and abused. Because something began to happen in the Roman Empire a couple of years earlier. It was known as the crassa mimis, or the gross pantomime. It started with the crazy emperor in Rome. And so 
When you would have a dinner party, your guests would arrive, just to paint a picture for you, and you'd have good music, the best of food, the best of wine. People would lay out on the couches, that's how they ate then, on their side and eat. Great conversation, all of this, the crack was mighty, I'm sure. But something began to appear a number of years earlier in the emperor's court, and then it filtered out to all the provinces. And no dinner party was complete without a gross pantomime at the end. And this usually involved torturing someone live at the end of the dinner party, some unfortunate slave. Or they might maim someone. Uh, a favorite thing was getting in a blacksmith and getting a slave and literally putting a mark on his face forever. Very often they would rape a slave girl for the titillation of the, of the guests. But this crassamimis, this gross pantomime, went even beyond the deprivation of the emperor's own dinner party. This ended in murder, in a live murder. I remember years ago there was a thing called the snuff videos, I think they were, where it actually showed someone uh, being murdered on the street and they had a currency among some type of people. And you can see that evil in society sometimes tries to creep up and do it. But here we have a live murder. And not just a murder. We have the murdered person's head on a big plate. How theatrical, darling. This was one of the best dinner parties the leading men of Galilee had been at in a long time. We actually had a live murder after a lovely meal, great music, sexual dancing from a child, uh, a bit of incest throwing, thrown in, and then the head on a big silver platter. Whoa, this is the best dinner party I was ever at. That is where the culture had sunk to with the Roman Empire. And cultures continuously when the less there is of any kind of faith or God or spirituality, the more we see cultures go down. Now, it can also happen if religion gets too ridiculous or legalistic, the same thing can happen. But here, we have the external culture married with Herodias and her evil ways and her manipulation. I read something quite a while back, and I wrote it in my... In my, I have this journal where I write down all my thoughts, and I've been considering it for a long time. And to me, it's almost speaking of the way society is going today. I certainly think about it for this young girl, Salome, and how she was used. I don't know who wrote it, it's anonymous. God created people to be loved and things to be used. But so often now, things are being loved and people are being used. People are being used. I don't think it's prophetic for me to say some of us in here are probably in life situations now where someone's trying to use us. They love things, but they don't love people. And whether that's in the wider family or it's at work or it's in a school situation, people can be used. And the only time you will feel fully at peace with being used is when God uses you. Who'll say amen? When God uses you, it's different because he wants the best for us. He might stretch us a little at times, but we know it's for our good. 
But when a person uses us, it's not like that at all. It's for their good. Herodias was using her daughter for her own good. And this type of thing is classical in a toxic relationship. But we also see it with parents. We also see teenage kids sometimes doing that to a parent. We can also see it, as I said, in work and school. Sometimes it's even with friends. And it can get that twisted and it can get that thrown. So this girl had to do dirty dancing so that her mother could be pleased. And how did it end? John the Baptist was martyred. But if you read in history, uh, and we learn a lot from history, because this was a royal family, you can be fairly sure the history is quite accurate. We, the Bible, for example, doesn't tell us this young girl's name was Salome, but we know exactly who she was, and history confirms it 100% that her name was Salome. It didn't mention her name. Because she would have been underage uh, back then, they didn't tend to do that in Scripture. But we know she was Salome, and we know that that whole family ended their lives in horrific ways, including Herodias and Herod and so on. God judged them. And sometimes today we don't like to hear that, but when people go to that extreme, you're playing a dangerous game. As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, I often describe it, the blood of Jesus covers us. It's a, bit, it's a protection in our lives and we have God's blessing and protection on our lives. But when people go so far from God's ways, we, we leave his protection. It's like walking out from under an umbrella or a covering and we are open to all types of things and this family went so far. They all died. I don't have the time to go into it, but you can read it in history. They all died horrific deaths and they died well before their time. What you reap or what you sow, you reap. And so this part, these people had that. We don't know the future of Salome. How scarred was she? History won't tell us that. But I think we're all wise enough here to know that that girl was destroyed for life. She was traumatized for life. I don't know what your situation is, what your situation was. I have no idea. But I do know this. God is for the downtrodden. God is for those who have been used. It is not God's will for anyone to be manipulated. Manipulation, if you read through the full theology of scripture, is like the sin of witchcraft. It's almost like witchcraft where you're using illegitimate means to change the future. You're controlling people so that the future will be good for you. And when someone becomes comes in their way, whether it's a child or a husband or a wife or a, an employee, that person then becomes used. And I want to pray today that if anyone here currently is in a situation like that, okay, I'm not talking about this extreme, but you could be in a work situation or in a family situation and you know there's manipulation going on. You need God's strength. You need the Holy Spirit's wisdom. And you need that inner confidence to say no. Who'll say amen? No. I'm not going to be used. Or perhaps for you, it's something way in the past. It's not a live issue. But sometimes there's a scar tissue from the past that we have to hand over to the Holy Spirit.
So by God's grace, we will be a community. We will be a people who will not be used by men or women. We will bless men and women, but we won't be manipulated and used by them because that is never God's will. God wants us to voluntarily want to do what we do. That's the whole essence of the gospel. We choose to love him. He loved us first, and we cannot but love him in return, but it's our choice. So it's all about choice. So we're going to sing a song. If the band could come up, I love this song. Oh, come to the altar. The first line of it is, are you hurting and broken within? Second of the second verse, leave behind your regrets and your mistakes. We're going to come to the altar this morning, and we're going to pray. God, give me strength. Give me discernment and wisdom. Give me a confidence so that I will recover, I will not now be, nor will I ever be. And for some of us here, I just sense in the Holy Spirit, it's not you, but someone you love is being manipulated right now. They're not here, but you are. You can stand for them this morning. Let's stand and we'll sing the song and then we'll, we'll pray for the final uh, five minutes or so of our service and allow the Holy Spirit to move. We'll retrop the words. Praise God. Let's sing. issue for you or if this is a life for someone you love manipulation or bullying or being used I'm going to invite you to lift your hands where you stand this morning you're bringing that person or you're bringing your own situation before the Lord don't don't be embarrassed every human being has struggled with this at some stage and if we haven't someone we love has Okay, I'm going to ask the guys to sing the song again. I'm going to invite you if, you, if you feel comfortable with it, join me at the top. I believe the Holy Spirit would move here and that we would see bonds and chains broken in Jesus' name. So let's sing the song again and let's come to the top if you want to pray for yourself or someone you love. Amen. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Welcome to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was born with 
I've had a vision in my mind since during the worship. It's of somebody here trying to walk, but there were nails in the soles of your shoes. And I believe as we pray this morning, it's like the Lord is saying, I'm going to pull those nails out of the soles of your shoes. It's hard for you to walk, so the Lord is going to minister. Could we all just lift our hands, those of us who are praying? And you could be praying for yourself, or you could be praying for someone you care about. Are we ready? By the power of Jesus of Nazareth, you are the one who is no respecter of privilege or position. So we pray today for everyone represented here as it were at this altar. As we lift up our hands, I pray for an inner healing would begin to anyone here who has been manipulated, bullied, harassed, or used. May the Holy Spirit pour a healing ointment into your soul. I pray you would be fortified as you pray. And I pray you would know a strength rising up inside you that is not natural. So that you are able to say no to the one who is bullying or harassing you. We pray, oh God, none of us here would be like the other Salome and end up as a victim of someone else's evil ways. I pray liberty into your life. We pray the same for the one you love. If you're standing for a family member here who is being played like a puppet, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we cut the strings of that puppet master and we pray liberty for the one we love. Let them no longer be used in any way. Oh God, help them. Help them. Deliver them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Just, um, just a, a vision, um, Carlos and Marley, just a vision for you that whoever you're praying for, I just saw a vision over your heads of barbed wire and someone you love is like entangled in the barbed wire. And I believe the Lord is saying today, as we pray, Carlos and Marley, the Lord as war is going to come and he's going to come with this big implement and cut the barbed wire and the person you're praying for will be set free. Could you come up here? I just want to lay hands on you both. Let's just join together and pray. Just lift up your hands guys for the person you're praying for and I pray now in Jesus name by the Holy Spirit of the living God that the living God would come and would cut with a chain cutter the barbed wire that your loved one is entangled with. I pray freedom in the name of Jesus, liberty in the Holy Ghost, and that the one you love would no longer be entangled, but would be able to move forward again. May freedom come into your children and your children's children and your wider family. May liberty come into your future, guys. Holy Spirit anoint these precious family and this precious couple in Jesus name and all God's people said Amen Hallelujah I believe as well a word of knowledge and wisdom uh, for somebody maybe you're up here maybe you're down there 
someone is holding something over you and I saw this vision in my mind of someone there's this thing called a fish symbol the Christians used to draw it on the catacombs in Rome and you see it in the back of cars and it's around the building here it's like a fish I saw someone drawing the fish on their front door and I believe the Lord is saying when you come out of the closet as a Christian the hold this person has over you will be gone straight away it's like you've got to declare I am a Christian I love Jesus Christ you're hiding that fact and someone is holding it over you come out of the closet today who'll say amen that's real liberty why should you have to hide who you are or what you believe and when you do that the Lord will set you free he will honor your integrity and your courage so I'm going to pray I'm not going to ask for anyone to put up their hand but I'm going to pray for anyone here today who needs that courage because there will always be someone who will hold that over you at work or in the family or whatever and you can't allow that so let's pray could we just lift up our hands if you wouldn't mind as we come to a close whoever that person is here this morning who's keeping their faith under the covers in the closet Lord we think of your word we're not going to hide our light under a bushel but we will proclaim it from the mountaintops I pray courage into this person who is as it were almost being blackmailed because of their faith give them the self-confidence to declare I am a follower of Jesus Christ and I am not ashamed of my Lord liberty into your soul today by the power of Jesus and all God's people said amen hallelujah let's stay standing we go back to our seats but we'll stay standing put up the words again let's come to the altar and let's go out with an attitude in our hearts that we're at the altar of the living God for the coming week where he can minister to us and we can surrender our needs to him oh what a savior isn't he wonderful sing hallelujah christ is ourselves to the Lord for the week ahead father we pray that by day and by night at work and at home that you would be with us that we would know that confidence within that would enable us to be who we're called to be 
that we would not be victims but that we would be overcomers spirit we leave our week before you bless us and bless the people we love deliver us from all our fears in jesus name and one last time the people of god say hallelujah thank you so much for coming every one of you it's appreciated deeply the guys are going to sing us out coffee upstairs in the atrium if you'd like to hang around god bless you if you have to go over to the guys Sometimes I'm wrong.